It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. And welcome to Carcone Carne. I'm James Van Alsel. The show tonight is sponsored by our friends at Siren Records. McHenry, how much do I love Siren Records, McHenry? I'll tell you how much. I don't live anywhere near Siren Records, McHenry. And it's probably my most visited place of the past 12 months during the pandemic. Uh, the old stuff, they've got it locked down. The jazz section is as good as anything I've seen. Uh, punk rock section. The new stuff is great. I, I mentioned last week, I got a copy of the original Rosemary's Baby soundtrack on vinyl, which to me was one of my soundtrack holy grails. The longer I spend in the store, the more time I spend browsing, really the more trouble I get in. Check it out for yourself. Siren Records, McHenry. And speaking of vinyl, which I, I find myself doing a lot these days, uh, old Carcon Carne friend, Smoking Pope's frontman, Josh Caterer, releases this album this week. It is Josh Caterer's solo debut, The Hideout Sessions, recorded at The Hideout during the pandemic. Uh, this is just fantastic. A lot of old standards, some po sm poking smokes, smoking Pope's favorites and liner notes. Yes, liner notes written by me, Josh Caterer, the hideout sessions. Uh, sure, you can stream it, but it's way more fun to have the vinyl or the CD in your hand. Let's be real. Uh, tomorrow night on this show, it's a double feature. Mark Malnati, the owner of Lou Malnati's, will be joining me as Lou celebrates 50 years of being in the restaurant business and serving us pizza. Also, Cleveland Avenue, a local pop punk band that I, I've just fallen in love with. Uh, both those guests will be on in separate episodes tomorrow night. And before we launch into tonight's episode, uh, I do want to thank everyone who voted in the Chicago Reader's Best of 2020 uh, annual issue. I was named Best Podcast Host Runner-Up. I'm incredibly grateful. It's an honor just to be nominated. Uh, and I do want to congratulate Chicago Reader senior writer Ben Jarafsky for his win. Chicago Reader's Best of 2020. Thank you for your support. Let's move on to tonight's guest. He is a, an audio titan. He is Dennis Tusana. He is an owner at Sound Mind Studios, which is 15 years old. Is that right? Uh, roughly about 14, closer to 14. So is it fair to say, I mentioned this in, in the text that went along with this uh, on social media. Is Soundmind the last jazz studio in town? Oh, I don't know if I would say that. There's there's other people that do jazz, but it's my favorite. So, <laughs> Well, let's, let's start there. Let's talk about some of the artists who've rolled through there. I mean, looking at the list on the Soundmind webpage, Rhymefest has been there, Otis Clay, um, Darius Hampton, and a handful of guests who've been on my show, uh, Fort Francis, Billy Branch, Hidden Hospitals, The Lucky Dutch. It's, it's an incredible cross-section of culture and music that, that's been walking through those doors. Yeah, you know, I, um, I pride myself in doing all types of music, and I've always been the type of person, I mean, I do have a favorite. Like I said, I do enjoy recording jazz and working with jazz players, but I've always uh, been of the mindset that if somebody is excited about what they're doing, I'm ready to record you. I mean, I don't care if it's a polka band and you're excited about what you do. I'm all over it. So tell me about some sessions that left a mark on you. Those ones that when you reminisce about the past 14 years, what are some of those moments where you thought, I can't believe I'm in this room? 
well, you mentioned uh, you mentioned Billy Branch. Uh, that was pretty cool, you know, being able to to hang out with him. Uh, you know, and we didn't do anything all that outrageous, but it was it was cool just to have him in the room. Uh, and I also get the chance to work with I don't know if you're familiar with this name, uh, Tom Tom Washington. I'm not. Well, Tom is a writer and arranger here in Chicago, and he's been around forever. And he has done, for instance, Earth, Wind and Fire, Phil Collins, Minnie Ripperton. And, uh, you know, I mean, he's a writer, writer and arranger that's been doing great stuff for, you know, longer than I've been in the business. But I've been working with him for about, oh, 25, 30 years overall. I bet he's got some great stories. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, I'd love to hear some of those, some of those old Earth, Wind and Fire stories. Uh, you know, I've never even heard them before, so it's hard to say where they're at or, you know, I don't know, maybe he just doesn't like to talk about them. <laughs> so going back to what you were saying about the types of artists who record there I mean, people who are just fired up and passionate and, and locked into their, their vision and their sound, uh, does that kind of fall in line with the recording noteworthy history slogan you have? Yeah, I think, you know, it really does. It doesn't really matter, you know, at least to me, it doesn't really matter what type of music it is. But, you know, I mean, I, I just last week I worked with a cantor, <laughs> you know, doing, uh, you know, Jewish tunes. And it was totally cool. I had no idea what the words meant, right. but the music was was good and and everybody was you know nice people and everybody was excited about what they were doing uh, along just to go down a tangent along those lines i spend my days working from home at this very desk i find listening to music in other languages and listening to music that's just instrumental is the best way to be productive because sometimes lyrics especially familiar ones are distracting but i like i was listening to a mongolian throat singing band today i don't know the words which is fine because I, I'm not getting immersed in that. I'm just digging the background music. So maybe I should put on music from a cantor. I mean, I think it is Passover season. It seems appropriate. <laughs> you might enjoy it. I know I did. I, I really enjoyed enjoyed the sessions. We did uh, three three sessions. Yeah. So and and we got a got one more to go. So I'm and looking I, forward to it. You specialize in live recordings. Does that mean? Pardon my ignorance. This may be a dumb question. Does that mean full band all in the same room? That's the way I like to do it. And maybe not in the same room because here at the studio, you know, I mean, we have a couple of ISO booths and things like that. But what it really means is the experience of doing, especially the rhythm section live. You know, we may go back and, and put some horns on or put some strings on or something like that. But it's really the the excitement of doing the rhythm section together and doing as much live as you can possibly do. And for some artists, they're probably not as comfortable doing that if they've been recording in other studios or a different way. I mean, it's an old school approach, but I'm guessing not everyone is comfortable with it. Um, I think most people are because they don't get a chance to do it that often anymore. Um, you know, I'm. 
I'm old school. You know, I like to uh, I like to get everybody in a room and, you know, I mean, you get here in the morning and you have nothing and you get a bunch of people in a room and they're all bringing ideas, you know, to the table. And it's just a very cool way. It's a very cool, organic way to work. Uh, talking about your old schoolness, how much do you lean into digital technologies or changing technologies? How important is that to the studio? Well, I mean, we're like just about any other studio. I mean, we don't really do uh, analog tape anymore. It's, you know, it's, it's digital. Uh, I do have an analog two track that sometimes we mix down to, uh, but it's, it's primarily digital these days. And that's uh, a far cry from where I started. I mean, I started on, you know, two inch tape and, and, you know, uh, mixing down to quarter inch and half inch tape and, you know, editing with a razor blade. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, it's funny. I, I mentioned um, Siren Records at the beginning of this podcast. They had an old reel-to-reel machine sitting out there when I was there with my son last week. And he said, Dad, is that a reel-to-reel? I said, well, yeah, like, of course. But I realized there's, there's at least one generation, if not more, that have never even seen a reel-to-reel, a tape deck, and or even had to think about it. But when I started in radio, that's what we used to edit phone calls and songs. And sure enough, grease pencil, razor blade. I mean, I, I'm sure muscle memory could get me through it if I had to do it again. But I'm personally glad I don't have to do that anymore. I would have to say, you know, people ask me all the time, hey, do you miss working on tape? It's like, yeah, somewhere in the back of my mind, I miss it. But Generally, overall, I'm perfectly happy working in the digital domain, you know, with a few pieces of nice outboard analog gear here and there. And uh, pretty much that's that's what it is now. I know your history goes way back. You started I don't know if you started there, but you spent a lot of time in the early days at CRC. Yes, that was my my first and only gig. I started there. I started there in 1984. Wow. And did you start with aspirations of being a musician or did audio engineering always kind of speak to you? Um, <laughs> let's, I called myself a musician before I actually started at the studio. I, uh, I played sax for 14 years and then I realized that, Hey, you might not be quite good enough to make any money at this. <laughs> And uh, I started recording bands in my hometown with just a pair of stereo microphones and a cassette deck. And uh, they seemed to like it. And people were like, wow, that really sounds good. And I'm sure if I went back today and listened to it, it would sound horrid. But, uh, but I figured, hey, you know, this, is, uh, this sounds like something I could maybe wrap my head around. And, uh, and that's, you know, that's kind of where I went from there. Uh, you know, I went, uh, to a so-called trade school, uh, the recording workshop in Chillicothe, Ohio. Uh, <laughs> let's can. just say I'll never go back to Ohio again. <laughs> okay. So I have a lot of musicians who, if they don't watch the live recordings, that they'll listen to the podcast. What's the best advice you can give to a musician before or, or a band, regardless of genre, before they walk into a studio? What's the best thing they can do before I, they start I, the process? You know, I would just say, just be prepared. 
you know, you gotta, you gotta be rehearsed, you know, and you just gotta have your act together. You can't walk in. I mean, you know, I mean, once the clock starts, it really doesn't stop. So if you're not prepared when you get here and, and ready to go, you're just, you might as well just roll down your window and throw money out the window. Right. That's when aspirations of a full album become a seven inch single. Yes, <laughs> I would say so. So yeah, that's, that's one of my main things is just, I want people to be prepared when they come to the studio, you know, have everything you need, extra strings, extra this, extra that, you know, just make sure you have it because, you know, I mean, and especially me being down here on the South side, you know, it's not like guitar center or somewhere is right around the corner. <laughs> you I should know. mention you're at 8043 South Stony Island. Yes. Chicago. Yes, we are. A, a fair distance from guitar center, perhaps. Uh, you also do festival audio, don't you? Well, I don't do festival audio. I actually work for a uh, company that does uh, video streaming. Oh, right on. Well, I, I would say I did work for a company that did video streaming since we didn't do any last year and it doesn't yeah. look like we're going to do any this year. <laughs> Fair enough. I did, didn't mean to open up any wounds, so to speak. Oh, no, 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 no. It's all it's all good. So how did how did business go for the past year? Did you find that it started to ramp up as the world kind of figured out how to navigate around the pandemic? Well, I would say, I mean, I basically closed down for maybe two weeks. You know, I didn't want the mayor to get mad at me or anything. Oh, no. <laughs> so I basically closed down for two weeks and then figured, well, you know, I mean, they've come out with a set of standards, you know, the, the six feet and the wearing the mask. And, you know, I'm like, if we follow that and we have, you know, way more hand sanitizer and wipes and things that we probably should have been doing all along <laughs> that we never really thought right. about, you know? Uh, but I've got a lot of that on hand and uh, we've just been working. Yeah. See, I, I kind of wondered if there'd be an increased value for bands to, to spend time in the studio since no one could tour. Well, we've got songs. Let, let's at least commit them to uh commit them to tape. I, I wonder if that would speed or increase studio activity. Well, you know, I mean, we did have, we did have a, a fairly busy year last year and I did notice that a lot of people seemed to be recording. I mean, they didn't have anything else to do, right. <laughs> you know, so why not, like you say, get into the studio and, and try and do something, you know? Uh, and that kind of kept me, kept me busy, you know, cause Good. without, with the lack of the other work, you know, I was happy to be in the studio. So absolutely. All right. So sound mind studios again is 8043 South Stony Island. Uh, if people want to reach out, if they want to get quotes or, or just talk to you, do they just go to the website? Uh, yeah, we have a, a email uh, on the website. I believe it's info at soundmindstudios.net. And, uh, People that know me can call me directly on my cell phone. I'm not going to give that out, but uh, people that know me can call me directly or, uh, or send me an email. Uh, my email is Dennis at absoluteaudioinc.com.
Right on. All right. Sound Mind Studios. Uh, I love hearing about what you're doing. And I hope once I, I move past this vaccination world, uh, I can come visit. Oh, I'd love to have you come down. You know, it's, uh, it's I, I, I don't want to put you on the spot or anything, but I'd love to come visit. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I, I really enjoy it when people come down and I, you know, I could talk audio all day, every day. You know, you would think doing this uh, every day of my life for the last 36 years that I would be tired of talking about it. No, if but, you do what uh, you love, if you do what you love, it makes sense. Like I, I yes, can talk about pod, podcasting and broadcasting. It's just what I do. It's it's what I enjoy. I, I'm not digging ditches. You want to talk about it? Great. It's what I know. <laughs> yeah, me too. You know, and the same goes for listening to music. You know, I mean, a lot of times, even after I put in a long day at the studio, I'll go home and listen to music. Yeah. And people ask me, they're like, how can you do that? It's like, well, because I like music. And when I go home, I can listen to what I want to listen to and not what I've had to listen to right. all day. Not that what I've been listening to all day is bad or anything, but hey, I can go home and relax and just chill out and listen to exactly what I want to listen to. I love it. All right, Dennis, thank you for doing this. You're very welcome. 